Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Listen for the story of, of the angel Gabriel's visit to Mary as we hear how this whole Christmas thing got started. Listen. In the sixth month of the month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, his, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am still a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everybody. Once again, it's so fun to be here with you uh, today on this special fourth Sunday of Advent, which is also Christmas Eve. I know that some of you are traveling already and you're watching online, so I'll say hi again to those listening in that way. But for all of us, this is, a, this is an important and celebratory day as we prepare again to welcome Jesus who was born on Christmas. So it seems a little bit odd, I suppose, for us to hear this particular scripture passage today. Right? This is the annunciation, the announcement to Mary by the angel that she will become pregnant with Jesus. After all, tomorrow is the day when Jesus is born, right? That's when we celebrate. And so it, this is the first we're hearing of it. That's strange. But we're on this Christmas Eve morning, and I want to focus with you a little bit on Mary, the person of Mary. Last week, I was at my parents' house with my kids, and they were uh, with their cousins doing baking cookies and doing other Christmassy kind of things. My kids were in the kitchen playing Christmas Mad Libs. Any of you ever do Mad Libs? You know, and it, it's one thing about Mad Libs, you always have to remember and relearn parts of, of grammar and speech. So it'll be like, give me a noun. What's a noun? A person, place, or thing. Uh, give me a, an adverb. It's a word ending in L-Y, like quickly. Or, and then one that came up a lot was, give me an adjective. An adject, adjective is a descriptive word, right? And so we asked my niece, give us, a, give us an adjective. And she said, pony. We said, no, that's not right. Uh, a, a pony's a noun, so you've got to describe the pony. Is it big? Is it small? You know, what, is it, what color is it? And she thought about it. She said, mm, an adjective to describe a pony. Oh, I know. Nay! <laughs> I don't know if she quite ever got it. <laughs> What adjective would you use to describe Mary, the mother of Jesus, in the Bible, as far as you know her? 
She's one of the most famous people in history, so chances are you've heard about her or know a few things. Here's a picture of her, and in the tradition of, um, of the Bible, she's seen as meek and mild, maybe holy and humble. I asked my Bible study this week, and somebody said she was tough with a good heart. Kind of reminded me of Rocky Balboa, you know what I mean? You can see the similarities. Um, how do you picture Jesus, the mother of Je- or Mary, the mother of Jesus? We know from the Bible she was a young girl who was living in a town called Nazareth in Galilee, which is in the north of Israel. She's engaged or promised to be married to a man named Joseph, and that's a pretty important step towards actually getting married, but the point the Bible makes is they had not yet lived together. They did not yet know each other. They were not yet a couple in that way. So the announcement by the angel that she would become pregnant in a different and special way to carry the Son of God, Jesus, it didn't happen by accident. And what I mean by that is I think God was pretty particular in choosing Mary to be the one to take on this task, to do this work, to have this mission, to have this calling in her life. Mary, as we read about her in the Bible, she had particular characteristics, something about who she was, where she was the right person for this job. In the biblical story, we see her as thoughtful, faithful, prayerful, open to the things of God, having the ability to adjust her own plans for what her life would be about, to try and find out what's God's plan for her life. Where is this all leading and how can I be a part of that? When I travel with my kids, anytime we go on a road trip or go, go somewhere on a vacation, we always remind our kids of our family travel mantra. It's kind of a motto that we have. It's, and here it is. Patience, flexibility, spirit of adventure. If you are traveling with your family at all this holiday season, maybe take this on for yourself. Remind your family, we need patience, flexibility, and a spirit of adventure. If you have those three, you're going to have a great time, even when things go wrong. And one thing we all know, things will go wrong, right, if you take a trip. Somebody was asking me on the way in today if I was going to go up to Tahoe to the snow this winter. But you all know things go wrong when I go to Tahoe in the winter, so I'm not going. Um, But if if I'm chicken, I am. I know it's trauma. It's past trauma. Mary, in her life, seemed to have these attributes. There's an old saying which, said, which says that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And, and that's a way of saying that nobody, maybe, is really ready for some of the hard and important work that they are called to in this life. Nobody's really qualified, but you become qualified by living out your calling. Ask anyone who's a first-time parent, are you really ready for that? I doubt it. Or anyone who gets married and wants to be a great spouse. But nobody's perfect. Nobody knows exactly how to do it. Or someone who takes on a new role at work, maybe in their job or career. Someone who steps into a position of leadership in, um, in the community or at school, here at church. There's a way that God seems to use unlikely, even unqualified people somehow to take on important tasks, to play a part, and then to grow up into the person God means for them to be. I'm thinking about Mary because she's so young, right? She's not a mature, established person. She's not rich. She's not someone with a powerful position. She doesn't have the title. 
She's not one who was expected to do great things. But God chose her for the role, and then she had the interior qualities that it took to do it. So in a sense, she wasn't qualified. She wasn't an expert in her field. There are others who might have been chosen, but she was called. The story in the Bible, as much as it's an annunciation, an announcement of, the, of what's about to happen, it's also a call story. It's a story of a, a young person being called by God who's saying, I want to be in your life in a special way. She's called to do this work to be the mother of Jesus, the supporter, nurturer, helper. God drew on her character and her faith. So this might be kind of a chicken in the egg situation, you know, like which came first? Is Mary called to serve because she's so good? Or does her goodness develop as she serves? In case you might be wondering or worrying that this is just like a philosophical or theological discussion I'm having with myself up here today, um, it won't surprise you to know that I think this actually applies to us somehow too. This matters for our lives. So just like Mary, you and I, we have particular characteristics in our lives. We have things about us that are special or unique or different. You're the person that God calls you and means you to be, and you can't be anybody else. Your way of following Christ, your way of living your faith is your own. You can't live somebody else's calling. Wendell Berry is an author, and this is what he once wrote. He said, You mustn't wish for another life. You mustn't want to be anybody else. What you must do is this. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. I am not all the way capable of so much, but those are the right instructions. And those are our instructions today as well, as we prepare with Mary for the birth of Jesus. Who was Mary, and why was she given this task and this gift by God? She was humble, she was faithful, she was courageous, she is curious, but who are you? And what's the gift and the task that God is giving to you in your life? As we move into this Christmas Eve and tomorrow into the day itself, we remember the promise of Jesus' birth and in his coming that all of us may also have life and new life in him. We all get to ask that question and answer that question that, that poet Mary Oliver asks, tell me, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? Each of us, has something to do each day. It will either be about developing or growing or understanding our own identity, our own character, who we are, or it will be, for that day, something to express our character, who we are, our calling, what we're meant to do, and how we live it out, how we serve, how we love others. How will you use the gifts God gives you for the sake of the world? And when I say the world, I don't necessarily mean people way far away. I do mean the people in your world, in your life, in your home, in your friend groups, in your choir. This last week, I heard about a member of the church who was having a really hard time. 
and they just weren't feeling right. Things weren't going right. As a pastor, I was getting ready to reach out to them, you know, to visit them, to comfort them, to do all the things that a, a pastor should do. But before I could do any of those good little pastor things, I found out that other people in the church beat me to it. They reached out to this person. They contacted her. They helped her. They, they used their gifts to bless that person. It turns out you don't have to be a pastor to have gifts and calling to love and serve others. It turns out there are people among us here who have gifts for listening, for friendship, for prayer, for care. I wonder what your gifts are today. God used Mary long ago to play a special and important part in the story of Jesus and the things that God wanted to do through him for the world. But I believe that God also uses people like you and me with our gifts and our calling to be part of what God is up to in this world. Last month, I was traveling in Mexico. I was in central Mexico, and I was in a town called San Francisco. They call it San Pancho, different one from here. And I was walking down the street, and there was a storefront, and the, the name of the storefront was Culto de Cacao. Culto de Cacao. So you know cacao, what's what we get from cacao? Chocolate, right. And then culto is the same word for like cult. So I thought, what, what is this about? In the interest of research, I brought my kids to the chocolate cult, okay? <laughs> and there was all kinds of chocolate in this chocolate cult. Um, and I got some for my kids to try. But I asked the worker about the name. I said, why did you name this shop Culto de Cacao? And she said, we call it a culto, like a cult, because it is our daily devotional practice to eat chocolate. I said, whoa. And I know a lot of you are like, sign me up for that kind of religious experience. But the idea they had is that every day they eat chocolate as an expression of their commitment. I don't know to what. Uh, but in, in our own way, in our Christian way, we walk daily with Christ. We have a, a daily way to live out our gifts and our calling. So today's Christmas Eve. This is a special morning today into tonight and into the joy of tomorrow. We're celebrating the way that Jesus is, comes to us as a gift from God. So we're remembering the role that Mary played, tough but with a good heart like Rocky Balboa, gifted and called by God according to his purposes. The angel visits her, announces what's about to happen, and Mary agrees to join in. Poet Denise Levertov says this in one of her poems. She says, Aren't there annunciations of one sort or another in most lives? Hmm. That's what I want to leave you with today. The announcement of Jesus' birth is part of Mary's story. But God also announces things, stirs them up, and brings them to you. The invitation is the same. Will you bring your gifts, your character, and all of who you are to how God is asking you to live? This Christmas Eve, may God bless you in your walk of faith. May you use your gifts and your calling to love and serve those God has placed in your life. May it be so. Amen.